This is Abrupt Future, the podcast on the future of work that happened faster than we thought. Each week, we feature conversations with experts in leadership, management, human resources, culture, and technology to help you succeed in this new normal. This is your host, Benoit Ardivalle. Today on Abrupt Future, we talk with Andreas Eckhart, Professor of Human Resource Management at the German Graduate School of Management and Law an expert in digital transformation and HR management, and on the adoption, diffusion, and use of information systems. Andreas, welcome to the show, and thanks for joining us. Thank you, Benoit. It's a pleasure to be on your podcast. Last year, which feels like a thousand years ago, you published an article in MIS Quarterly Executive. The title was Capturing the Virtues of Virtual, Introducing the Virtual Work Stage Model. Can you share with us a little bit about how you came to this research project and what have you learned from organizations that succeeded in, in establishing a remote work practice? Well, uh, basically, the, the project that we, we published in MS Quarterly Executive last year, uh, we came from a completely different perspective. We were interested in how all traditional organizations, so to say the old brick and mortar business, transforms to a modern virtual company where the majority of your workers uh, is uh, working from remote. So um, can work from home, can work from uh, co-working spaces, but not necessarily at the company's headquarters or any kind of company subsidiary. Uh, by doing that, we focused on, uh, we were interested in, in companies that were predominantly consisting of virtual workers and uh, conducted two case studies and uh, came up with two interesting cases uh, from uh, the US tech industry, talked to uh, the companies of uh, Trello and Buffer. And yeah, finally came up uh, with the, uh, so to say, three stages to a virtual workforce and our virtual workforce stage model. Interestingly, yeah, it's, uh, as you said, uh, so many things have changed. And just one year later, uh, all of a sudden, everybody is, so to say, forced to uh, do this transition as well. Almost any organizations has to do it. And the results that we gathered in this model gain a complete new relevancy because, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's not a freedom of uh, choosing, letting your workers going to work from remote. No, you have to. And hopefully we can help up some, some organizations for our thoughts and our paper. When we move to these remote work type of work organization, there's always a concern about how we could engage our remote workers. So what did you find about companies who failed to engage them? Basically, companies who failed to uh, to engage them just did not appreciate that uh, people who are working from remote versus people who work in a company um, have just, uh, they thought that they just have a, a different physical location, so to say, to perform their work tasks. But in fact, uh, there are huge differences uh, for uh, performing your work tasks in a corporation versus working from at home or from a co-working space or someplace else. So um, if you as a company don't appreciate that, and uh, so to say, you just offer the same work setting to the worker uh, without considering where this uh, particular individual is working from, then you're in trouble. Because, uh, yeah, we found out that in particular, three different aspects play a major role. Uh, 
And this is uh, the person itself, the remote worker, the technology she or he is using for performing his work task and staying connected to the corporation and collaborating with coworkers. And uh, last but not least, also, yeah, the relationships, the, the, so to say, the social basis that the individual has to um, staying connected uh, with the colleagues in the corporation. So uh, summing it up, so to say, um, an individual has social networks. He is relying on for, uh, for many different aspects. And uh, those social networks, for example, the best uh, Best example in cooperation is that you just go to the next office door and have a cup of coffee, for example, and just discussing some issues. This is not possible when you're in a remote work setting. And uh, if you don't have that, and also those socializing aspect is not existent, some things change. And on the other hand, um, yeah, we talk about knowledge network. That means when also you're going to your colleague and have a cup of coffee it's a chance to have a chat and to get a new some new information and some new knowledge it just hasn't to be a uh, gossip in the office context it could also be really relevant business related information so uh, if you work from home you don't necessarily have those kind of knowledge networks so uh, companies have to make sure that people still have those access and uh, this is pretty difficult in many regards and uh, some of the so to say key factors that make some organizations successful and others not and on the topic of collaboration and communication one of the challenges is that remote or distributed workers they often operate in different locations time zone different schedules right some people work late at night other wake up early and then you know you factor in time zone so you have a lot of opportunity for people to to miss um, each other's so have you come with recommendation or or an approach to help mitigate for that The first issue is pretty simple. This is like minimizing technological problem, problems at the, mean, at the moment. For example, uh, currently I'm, uh, I'm teaching at the university in Innsbruck in, in Austria. But uh, as uh, the border between Germany and Austria is, is closed at the moment, I cannot see the students in the classroom. So, um, yeah, I have to talk to them via different technological channels, like, for example, Adobe Connect or Zoom Meeting. Um, or uh, in e-learning learning platform. But um, if you have problems and those, uh, those technological means are not, uh, are not working, then you have a big problem. And currently it's like uh, almost everybody is using those kind of tools. So uh, you have to live with different kind of uh, issues and you need somebody to solve them. And uh, if you as a corporation uh, want to So to say, um, bring remote workers from different locations and time zones together. The first uh, task is yeah, minimize technological problems. Second would be um, uh, still technologies are the means for collaboration. And uh, to make those work as effective as possible, um, provide them some kind of a tool training. So uh, make those meetings uh, productive. Third is... Uh, Let them people learn, so to say, in, in terms of uh, in their work together, that they're, so to say, ready for relationships. For example, um, you have those different workers that are located um, in different time zones. Um, yeah, trying to set up some basic uh, requirements for, for their meetings. For example, if um, 
don't start too immediately and go into the content. Yeah, appreciate that some people are in the morning hours, some people work at noon, and some people are in the real late hours. So start with an icebreaker. Just talk about the current life situations first before um, yeah you go into the topics. But also, yeah, if, if there are any kind of problems, help them. And uh, for example, uh, interestingly, some corporations started to, to create an online support company, a uh, community for remote workers. And um, uh, they set it up and uh, they had the chance to, to ask some questions in those support communities and uh, to name some issues that they had while um, collaborating with people in different time zones. So, um, yeah, they shared some best practices. What, uh, what is best if you are uh, collaborating at the same time with people from Asia and with people from the U.S. when you're located in Europe, for example? But also, um, yeah, if, the, if you have those kind of meetings, it's so, it's so necessary and it's so, um, it's so important that, uh, yeah, help them and understand that it's not only about productivity, it's not only about technology, Always think about there's also a socialist aspect in it. And only if more many people collaborate together, it's not about the individual who's going to be productive and successful. It's always about the team. So, uh, yeah, share the team spirit and uh, increase trust, establish virtual trust in your teams. So uh, those teams can work uh, productive together, no matter what, where are they located, if they work in different time zones, if they work overnight, uh, wherever they're located. This is important. So, um, yeah, established virtual trust is really, uh, so to say, the base from it all. In the, the paper, at some point, you <clears throat> write that management at both companies, so the two companies that you studied, repeatedly claim that the social ties among virtual coworkers are stronger because their casual conversations are deeper. And at first, it seems a little bit counterintuitive, right? Because we, we wouldn't think about that. So I'd be curious to hear about how you came up with, with this uh, finding and how you explain it. It's, uh, yeah, to explain it is pretty different. It's pretty difficult, I guess. But um, you, can you can explain it that the whole work environment is different when you're regard people in the office and when you regard people who work, for example, like all of us at the moment work from home. If you work from home, you don't really have a separation between private and work life. And uh, what you, what everybody is experiencing is, so to say, a blur, uh, blurring between yeah, the boundaries between both different lives. So uh, if somebody is working from home, he's much more transparent to, uh, to the people he's uh, talking to, the people he's collaborating with. Um, if you uh, contrast that with a situation when people are working, uh, for example, in one building that is uh, where everybody has to commute for about, I don't know, a quarter of an hour to an hour um, to get to this place, uh, they can calm down and they can really uh, set up a line between their private and their work life uh, here we don't have that. There is no line. It's really just, uh, yeah, I'm sitting, I currently sit in my, uh, uh, in my living room and uh, have the laptop connected, have my family around me and have my private life. So if you see me in this setting, um, this is how I really am. If you see other people in, uh, in office settings, they have the chance to, I don't want to call it to disguise themselves, but they can present uh, their professional self and not, which is definitely also where definitely a private self is also part of, 
but um, is not really, so to say, the pure private uh, human being. And uh, a particularity of this is, for example, that um, in a workplace setting, we try to yeah, somehow uh, pretend to be some, sometimes to be somebody different. For example, we try to disguise our emotions. But uh, if you are working in a home setting and, for example, you just had an argument with your uh, partner or with your kids just seconds or minutes ago, it's really hard to, uh, to disguise and to hide those emotions from the ones that you're talking to. And as the majority um, of all those conversations is uh, via video line, it's definitely, it's definitely very, very different and very, uh, very hard really to say, okay, this is, uh, this is, it's not possible. And, uh, yeah, as I provide you so much information about my private life, about my social life and about who I really am. And, uh, the same is for the others as well. Uh, those, uh, connections between the, uh, between the uh, virtual workers, uh, those social ties, uh, get stronger. Although, um, and this is interesting that some, uh, technology corporations that are offering, um, virtual conference software, they are offering that uh, people can use a different virtual background during the, their meetings. So you don't necessarily see uh, where they're working. So if they're sitting in the living room, if they're sitting outside in their garden, uh, if they're sitting in the kitchen, if they're lying in their bed, uh, you don't see that. And uh, I guess this effect that, uh, yeah, which make, so to say, this transparent effect that, uh, people have closer social ties is somehow a little dismissed if uh, people will turn to uh, a conversation where they so to say set up uh, a different background in their in a virtual image to yeah set up a new uh, a new line between the private and the business life this is pretty interesting and i guess um, i would be really curious to know why uh, those people have done that and why those companies have done that. Um, because this is, uh, will lead from my perspective that, uh, yeah, the, those ties maybe, uh, get a little weaker, but yeah, that's what we guessed. And that brings some interesting question about our personas, right? Like you mentioned, as professionals in the workplace, we tend to have a professional persona. Then we have our home life that we typically see as different. And now it feels like there is a third category where you are the professional yet working from home. And, and this tension, uh, at least for me, became very apparent when you start to think, how should I dress for a video sure. call? Obviously, I'm not wearing suit and ties when I'm at home, although I would wear one if I'm in a board meeting. Obviously, I'm not going to dress with my dirty old Metallica <laughs> t-shirt because that's not exactly how I hope that my colleagues and clients would see me. So there has to be an, an in-between, and it's kind of a new category that we're all developing. And now this is becoming even more complex. Not complicated, but, but another dimension has been added by those virtual background that you could change and then start to, to play with your online persona or your, you know, third category of, uh, of persona. Interesting. Yeah. That's, uh, that's absolutely how I, how I see it. We have different personas in different environments and different setups. And, uh, yeah, I had some similar, I had some similar thoughts. And I was also, I was also surprised by that. Uh, 
when I prepared for my first uh, online lecture for uh, the, the master's students in Innsbruck, um, I thought about, okay, uh, for the last two or three weeks, I was, I was just wearing uh, a hoodie or just, uh, yeah, an old pullover, <laughs> nothing really special. Uh, how I dress in home office. And now um, I will teach uh, these students for about 90 minutes in front of a camera. And uh, uh, we have 50 or 52 people in the classroom and there's only one that's me with a camera. So I really thought, okay, what to dress? And uh, how can I, so to say, represent a persona of a teacher? And normally when I'm in the classroom, uh, yeah, I dress in a suit. Or at least I I wear uh, uh, I, I don't wear a t-shirt I don't wear a pullover I don't wear a hoodie so I tr try to dress appropriately and uh, as I prepared for that meeting I really spent a thought on that and how should I present myself in front of these students that I don't know because uh, I, I taught this course for the first time that I haven't seen in my entire life and they see me the first time uh, yeah. Uh, at home, in my private setting, uh, in a really transparent setting where uh, my family is just next uh, in the in the next room, and uh, yeah, where people can see something, uh, some parts of my uh, of my workroom, some parts of my living room, for example. So yeah, it, it was really I, I really had the same idea, and uh, I guess um, this gonna be this is where it's gonna be really interesting in future. Um, if we want um, provide the other much of my my personal life and provide them some insights, or do I really want to set uh, a line between my private and my personal life by by dressing differently? If I'm having a video call by providing a virtual background, this is not uh, the room where I really am. We're just providing a white background, for example. So I guess. Uh, this is one of the really uh, exciting topics that will that will come, and uh, yeah, definitely agree on that. My my next question is more about the the future, and I know we don't have a crystal ball. We don't know how things will evolve, but a lot of analysts have suggested that after this crisis, whether it's for health reason or just because we build the habit lot more organization will have flexibility for work from home, remote work, distributed work, flex work. Since we all had to, to jump on it, we might, again, either build the habit or maybe, you know, if this crisis um, is there for a long time, we're going to have to keep our distance for a while. But regardless of the health aspect, do you see an increase in remote working and distributed work? Oh, I, I definitely do, and uh, I think that uh, in the next in the next years, many many things will change, and uh, travel, work related travel will decrease, and uh, virtual meetings will increase, and. Uh, in the past, we just had uh, yeah, just one argument uh, that was pro-virtual meeting that was to reduce travel cost. But now we have a lot of uh, different arguments for um, more virtual work, more virtual collaboration, more virtual communication, and, uh, and less, so to say, face-to-face -face meetings. And I think it's and I think it's a good idea. Uh, we talk about the digital transformation for 
for ages, not even for decades. And uh, the first the first articles about virtual work uh, work teams uh, were published about almost 20 years ago. So uh, the topic is not necessarily new, but it really took us about uh, yeah, to have a global pandemic uh, to think about, okay, now it's time. And uh, I really hope that some corporations uh, take the current situation that we have uh, as bad as it is, but also to take us as some kind of a chance. Now, uh, as we all are forced to work from home, they can also see it as a chance and uh, to try out something new, uh, which they try to prevent for, for, for a long time. And uh, even in this time, they can inspire some people maybe to, uh, to do a transition to, uh, to turn into a remote worker or a virtual workforce. And I think when we think in future, um, even more that uh, people... If we talk about smaller corporations, for example, from in the IT sector, and uh, not everybody can uh, can move or can uh, work in the in the Silicon Valley, but still many people want to work for for some companies that are located here. The only chance is, is to, to incorporating these workers by yeah doing it on a virtual basis. So yes, I definitely think that. Uh, we have a strong transition in, uh, in, in this direction. And uh, yeah, we'll see what comes out of it in future. But I think, yeah, corporations, now you have the chance to, to inspire some people. And uh, if you're going to do that, uh, you will harvest a lot of benefits afterwards. Well, Andreas, these are all the, the questions I had uh, for you today. I would like to thank you for the time for your thoughts, the great conversation. Thanks so much. Uh, yeah, it was a pleasure talking to you. This was Abrupt Future. I hope you learned something valuable. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and any feedback or rating is greatly appreciated. On LinkedIn and in real life, my name is Benoit Hardy-Valley and I thank you for your time.